Good morning. I'm Paige Winfield Cunningham from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Monday, January 25th. In today's news, lawmakers in both parties lobby White House for a more targeted relief bill, and pandemic aftershocks overwhelm global supply lines. But first, here's the big idea. Work in the Senate has ground to a halt. Democrats and Republicans are unable to agree on even basic rules for how the evenly divided body should operate, the Post's Mike DeBonis and Sungmin Kim report. This happened just days after President Biden took office and promised sweeping bipartisan legislation to solve the coronavirus pandemic, fix the economy, and overhaul immigration. Not only that, but key Republicans have quickly signaled discomfort with the cornerstone of Biden's early legislative agenda, which includes a $1.9 trillion pandemic relief plan that includes measures such as $1,400 stimulus checks, vaccine distribution funding, and a $15 minimum wage. In addition, senators are preparing for a wrenching second impeachment trial for former President Donald Trump, which could mire all other Senate business and further obliterate any hopes of cross-party cooperation. The trial is set to begin February 9th. Taken together, this gridlock could imperil Biden's early presidency, making it impossible for him to deliver on key promises as he contends with dueling crises. The reality could force Democrats to choose within a matter of weeks whether they will continue to pursue the sort of bipartisan cooperation that Biden has preached or whether to pursue rule changes that would sideline the GOP but also are likely to divide their caucus. Much of the current conflict over the Senate rules comes courtesy of veteran Republican Senator Mitch McConnell, who transitioned to minority leader Wednesday after six years as majority leader. He has notified his Republican colleagues in the Senate that he would deliver Schumer a sharp ultimatum, agree to preserve the legislative filibuster, the centerpiece of minority power in the Senate, or forget about any semblance of cooperation, starting with an agreement on the chamber's operating rules. The calculations for McConnell, according to Republicans, are simple. Not only is preserving the filibuster a matter that Republicans can unify around, it is something that potentially divides Democrats, who are under enormous pressure to discard it to advance their governing agenda. The Senate filibuster has evolved over the course of its history into a de facto supermajority requirement, necessitating 60 votes to end debate and advance legislation. Rarely has one party held enough votes to defeat filibusters without at least some cross-aisle cooperation. The rule has been eroded over the past decade. Last week, McConnell and other Republicans reminded Democrats that many of them praised the filibuster in the past, particularly in the two-year period in 2017 and 2018 when the GOP controlled the House, Senate, and White House. But top Senate Democrat Chuck Schumer told McConnell that he considered any guarantee surrounding the filibuster to be a, quote, extraneous demand, departing from the arrangement that the two parties worked out the last time there was a 50-50 Senate in 2001. While Schumer and McConnell cut a deal delaying Trump's impeachment trial by two weeks, there is no visible progress on structuring the Senate. Without an organizing accord, Republicans remain in the majority of most Senate committees, while veteran Democrats, eager to seize the gavels and advance their long-dormant agendas, can only wait and wonder. That's because the old Senate structures, which had Republicans controlling the committees, will remain in place until Schumer and McConnell reach a power-sharing agreement. And that's the big idea. Here are two other stories that should be on your radar today. Number one. 
Lawmakers from both parties lobbied White House officials yesterday for a more targeted relief bill as they questioned the need for some of the items included in Biden's $1.9 trillion coronavirus plan. The Post's Erica Werner and Sungmin Kim report that the discussion came on a private Zoom call between key centrist lawmakers of both parties and Biden administration officials. It was an early test for whether Biden's relief plan has a chance of getting the kind of support it would need to pass Congress with bipartisan backing. Lawmakers on the call raised questions, including whether a new round of $1,400 checks included in the proposal could be more narrowly targeted to those who need them the most. Participants also asked administration officials to justify the need for hundreds of billions of dollars allocated for other purposes, including $130 billion for schools, given that Congress has already spent some $4 trillion on the coronavirus relief effort. There was widespread support among the lawmakers for spending on vaccine production and distribution, which several described as by far the highest priority to beat the pandemic and resurrect the faltering economy. Number two. One year after the coronavirus pandemic first disrupted global supply chains by closing Chinese factories, fresh shipping headaches are delaying U.S. farm exports, crimping domestic manufacturing, and threatening higher prices for American consumers. My colleague David Lynch reports, the cost of shipping a container of goods has risen by 80 percent since early November and has nearly tripled over the past year. The increase reflects dramatic shifts in consumption during the pandemic, as consumers redirect money they once spent at restaurants or movie theaters to the purchase of record amounts of imported clothing, computers, furniture, and other goods. That abrupt and unprecedented spending shift has upended long-standing trade patterns, causing bottlenecks from the gates of Chinese factories to the doorsteps of U.S. homes. The commercial disorder is just the latest blow to globalization's finely tuned engine, capping more than a decade of financial crisis, trade wars, contagion, and recession. Each shock has triggered swings in the flow of cash and goods through the $91 trillion global economy. But reverberations from the pandemic are exposing vulnerabilities in the physical plumbing of cross-border commerce that may linger, according to exporters, port officials, and trade specialists. And one more thing before I go. This is an intense moment in American history. In times like these, I'm grateful for all my colleagues at The Washington Post. Our reporters work around the clock and around the world to uncover the stories that are shaping our lives and to bring context to the historical events happening around us. Their reporting is what drives this podcast, and truly, it would not be possible without subscriber support. If you enjoy this podcast and you'd like to support the reporting that goes into it, the best way to do so is through a subscription to The Post. A subscription gets you unlimited access to everything we publish, from breaking news to baking tips. For a limited time, listeners can get two years of access for just $59. That's less than $1 a week. Learn more and subscribe at WashingtonPost.com slash subscribe. That's WashingtonPost.com slash subscribe. I hope you'll consider it, and thank you. And that's The Daily 202 for Monday, January 25th. I'm Paige Winfield Cunningham. Thanks for listening.